Hey guys, so today you might notice some issues with our audio. We apologize in advance, this is just because we're having some problems with our software, so hopefully you can still enjoy the podcast. Welcome to week five of the Tea in Tokyo podcast. I'm Somya. And I am Ellie. So this week we had our first official proper week at work. We also went to Yokohama and went to Chinatown for Chinese New Year's. Yep, all that and more coming up right now. start today's podcast i wanted to quickly mention the passing of nba legend kobe bryant um i've been a fan of the nba and basketball since i was a little kid uh basketball has meant like a lot to me in my life and kobe is someone that i've looked up to for most of my life like since i was 10 years old um you know in like school i would play basketball like every lunchtime after school, in the weekends, I'd play like 10, 12 hours. And the, you know, the shot that I was trying to master the most was the fadeaway. And it was because it was Kobe's signature shot, right? Like what Jordan meant to the last generation is what Kobe meant for mine. I always appreciated his hard work ethic, his focus. You know, Kobe had a lot of great plays. You know, he had game winners, he... Had amazing final runs but it was you know especially in the later part of his career he also had a l- lot of wisdom and he was very inspirational to a person like me so you know i'll continue to shout kobe in my head when i throw something into the trash except now it'll carry a little extra weight so yeah so rest in peace kobe and thank you for sharing your mamba mentality with us so last week we had our training. This week we actually started working. I think How last, was it? I think last week's podcast started with we had our first shifts that afternoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm. We're going to our first shifts. For me, I was so nervous. Mm. Like my stomach was completely tied up. I felt like I could barely eat. Yeah. I needed to piss like every two seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like it was really bad. But then it was like... 98% better as soon as I said hi to the person that I was teaching mm. and we started a lesson like they're super super friendly and then you realize like they're just normal people and mm. they just want to learn English and you know a lot more English than they know mm. so you're automatically the expert yeah how did you find your first like minute with people um well I don't know if you guys remember like last week after that first day going to my new studio I was pretty nervous because uh, my like the person who showed me around was like very harsh with my practice lesson, so I was very nervous. Oh yeah, and um, it actually went like really well. It was like a really good experience. Like I got along with all of the people, like all of my students. Like they're really like like Somi said, they're like, you know, you kind of forget that they're like just people, and um, they can select you as a tutor based off of the interests that you've listed. So with a lot of them, you actually have a lot in common with them. So, like, you can spend a bit just talking about your shared interests, which, like, makes, like, a nice atmosphere. Yeah, true. That makes it a lot easier. Mm. And, like, in our learning studio, um, well, in, in our, at our jobs, what they have is they have uh, profiles for our students. Mm. So before they even come in, you can see what their interests are, what their hobbies yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And that makes it way easier as well because uh, it's super easy to break the ice because you just go, you know, oh, hey, I see you like badminton. 
Yeah, and like even if you have nothing in common with them, because some of them you just don't, some of them they might have chosen you because they're interested in going to New Zealand or like, I don't know, we've both put like what our degrees were in, so they might have a similar like field, but it means that even if you have nothing in common, you can look up what their interests are and sort of get ready. Like I've had quite a few people who are really into rugby and so they like chose me because I'm from New Zealand. So even though I'm not Mm. a huge rugby person, I know like, you know, I know enough to be able to talk with them and sort of like break the ice. Yeah, that's true. And um, I've had, like, a cousin my one, it says that, you know, I studied science and stuff. So mm. I've had a lot of people who, who like, work in, like, the pharma- pharmaceutical industry mm. or who are, like, researchers. Yeah, they just want to talk about science. And it's like, oh, sweet. Mm. I can talk about that. Yeah, I've had a lot of people who are really into gaming because that's what I put on mine. People who, like, mm. love watching, like, movies and TV shows on Netflix. Like, same with me. So it's, like, it's kind of cool. Like, it's, like, making, like, lots of, like friends obviously they're not friends because there's like a power imbalance because yeah. you're their teacher but you know you can still like form a connection have a relationship yeah for sure i actually need to put gaming as my one as well i think because i i've, I've talked about science too much in mine and like the the students that i get are pretty intense yeah and they want to go like real in depth and stuff and it's like you can but it's really hard to teach english like that i think mm. because there's just so many things you have to define first mm. and you end up spending an entire lesson just defining like these mm. Uh, yeah just terms and you end up getting nowhere so yeah yeah, i I need to change that up a little bit um but yeah like the first week has been really great Mm, i had a couple of psychologists which was cool oh really um a psychiatrist oh yeah that's stuff like that it's it's been really good yeah we've had um in our classes like i think we mentioned last week they have a textbook kind of went like bad for me on my not bad but on my second day was when my um my actual manager so like the person who showed me around was someone from a different studio and then my actual one was there and so for the first class they like listen in so they can give you feedback and what happened with me was the person who I'd been preparing for so like I go early to prep so I know that I'm teaching them properly um cancelled like a minute beforehand and then like literally a minute like 60 seconds beforehand they cancelled but then someone else had just contacted them to like turned up and said hey is there anyone available so they my manager came and told me she was like oh by the way um your person cancelled a new person is coming this is like 30 seconds to go before it started so i had no time to prep yeah those are tricky eh? and then this is the one that i was being like tested on and then the person like went into it and i was like oh so did you want to do the textbook today or something else and she was like oh Let's just keep chatting. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> was that your hardest one? Um, I thought, like, I got along with her really well. Like, that's why she wanted to chat is because our initial, like, introductions to each other, like, we had so much in common. She was really interested in New Zealand and I was really interested in the part of Japan she's from. So, like, it was good. It, like, went well. But those ones are a bit harder to, like, teach. Yeah. Like, or, like, to manage because the conversation can go in any direction. Yeah, I definitely yeah. found that as well. Like, I had one with someone going to live in New Zealand. Mm. Like, he's already he's already lived in New Zealand. He's a, he's like a student, and he's going to go there again uh, today, actually. And he said he just wanted to talk. And, I mean, it wasn't too bad. Like, you know, you can think of topics. You can be like, oh, so what did you do in New Zealand? Where did you live? All that kind of stuff. Mm. But then I found, like, as soon as you reach the end of one topic, yeah. <laughs> I found it hard to go, like, straight into another one. Unless... Unless, like, there was a natural um, progression. Yeah. But sometimes there wasn't, so you're kind of just thinking, okay, what's next, what's mm. next? I, ha- uh, I did have that too with mine, yeah. like, some awkward silences, like, which is where their profile comes in handy, because you can just really quickly go down. Like, it has stuff like their travel experience, so you can jump in and be like, ah, so, I see that you've been to Singapore. What was yeah. that like? 
But yeah, like honestly, this teaching has gone quite well. Like you get um, students can rate you after their classes, um, and so far we've both had like only good ratings, which is nice. What do you think about the fact that we don't have any training teaching English, but we have to teach English? Like, is is um, just being a natural speaker? Good I think enough? the training that we did do was pretty good, um, and like both of us have experience teaching, so I think that helps. I wonder if like, and also like because we're both a little bit older, like we're not old, like we're both 26, like we're not like straight out of a bachelor's. Mm. I reckon someone straight out of a bachelor's degree might struggle. Only because like you have less life experience, they probably don't have as much experience teaching. Um, yeah, and we've both yeah. worked, so we're used to talking to older people as well. Yeah, yeah, like you know, might not as been... you guys probably know, when you get into the real world and start working in a full-time job, you are interacting with like... I don't know, like, people your parents' age and, like, they're your friends. Whereas I feel like when you're just in university, you might only be interacting with, Yeah, like, you know those peers. memes where it's, like, um, when you're at work, they have you hanging out with a six-year-old yeah. and a six-year-old's, yeah. like, your best friend and stuff. It's, like, true. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you get used to, like, interacting with, like, fellow adults because you're an adult now. Mm. Like, so I think that maybe if you came straight out of, like, you know, you're, like, 21 or something and you've just got a three-year bachelor's under your belt, um, it could be a bit overwhelming just having to communicate and interact with like so many different types of people because like you get a lot of different types of people as well yeah um some of them are like really like expressive and like amiable and like easy to talk to but some of them are like a bit harder to get something out of them yeah for sure um which probably just comes from a lack of confidence in english so they're like nervous to speak yeah i I thought i was gonna be i thought it was gonna be a lot trickier than it actually is but then Mm. once you get going you realize how much you actually know Mm. Like, when they have a question, you just know the answer to it straight away. Mm. I mean, the only thing I still struggle with is um, you, like, write notes for them. So, like, when you correct something for them, if you give them a new Mm. word, you keep it notes. And I like to get about two pages of notes for them. I feel like that's a nice solid amount for a lesson, for them to take home and study. But sometimes, both times when I've had just conversation ones where they haven't wanted to follow the textbook, my notes have been, like, only a page, which I'm disappointed in myself for. Yeah, you know what You know what? I'm really bad at taking notes for is enunciation. How, how, like, I don't even know how to pick that up on someone when they're talking, really. Oh, do you know what I did the other day? Is I gave the person the word enunciate as, like, a new word. They were, like, a higher like, level English, and I spelled oh, it really? wrong. <laughs> and I yeah. realised when I was, like, writing it up at the <laughs> end, I was like, that is not right. I think they judged me for that. Yeah, well, yesterday somebody caught me Googling how to spell um, relying. Oh, I always Google stuff. Sometimes I'll just tell them. I'll just say, you know what? I'm going to make sure I've spelled that right. And I'll uh, Google I was it. trying to be sneaky. I thought it was R-E-L-I-E-I-N-G. And then they were like, like, I couldn't, it, it didn't come up on oh Google. Oh my God. Like, it kept coming up with relieving. And then she was like, she saw me doing it and she was like, oh, like this? And then like, oh, on her page no. she was like, R-E-L-Y-I-N-G. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, that, that's what. <laughs> but that, that one was actually, that, that's a class that went really well though. Because mm. that was just like a funny moment, you know, it's not mm. like. Yeah, they're not I gonna think that. you're an idiot just because of that. We're like they'll be like they'll te- they'll say a word in Japanese and I won't know what it is, and so we'll look up that word and figure out what it is in English, and then I'll be like, you know, you can be like, oh look, you're teaching me Japanese now, and they yeah, kind of like yeah. that. It sort yeah. of like evens out the relationship, so it's not such a power imbalance. I think the way that we're teaching them English as well is the perfect way to do it, like mm. a textbook and then actually speaking as well. Because like I was speaking to this guy at my work. Um, one of my co-workers, who said that he was learning Japanese, and he had a textbook for it, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, using the textbook is all good and fine, but what he does is he goes to these free, like, community meetups mm. where it's basically old people that have, like, retired, and now they've got nothing to do, so they're like, screw it, let's just teach English mm. to 
um, foreigners. Japanese to foreigners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Japanese to foreigners. So he went to those and he was like, yeah, once you actually start talking to someone, mm. they, they can tell you, oh, well, this part of the textbook, you know, people don't really say that in real life. Like, say this instead. Mm. It's exactly what we do at, at our learning studios. Oh, yeah, and I totally see to how it's a good way to learn a language. I mean, the one thing I anticipate about our jobs, like I'm really enjoying it. I love that on weekdays we work afternoons, on weekends we work the full day. But the only problem I foresee with that is that it's like constantly changing, like when you have to be alert kind of thing. Mm. Because you're working till like 10pm, you tend to like sleep in a little bit the next day because you're having like a really late dinner and like going to bed really late. But then because we're also now working like weekends, it's like kind of messing up the yeah. like sleep system like it's not consistent but that's the only real issue i can foresee with our schedules i mean you don't have to do afternoons on weekdays but those are like the busiest times because obviously these are people coming in after work yeah i'm pretty happy with our schedule i like having mm. the morning off and stuff although we definitely need to make more of our morning no like i love relaxing <laughs> like we have you know we have bills to pay we have yeah. banking stuff to do we have shopping to do which is a nice transition we be using this morning into one of the other things we did this week was we paid bills for the first time yeah which is exciting um Mm -hmm. because you get to use a convenience store to pay stuff Mm -hmm. and we're definitely not used to that uh living in new zealand yeah um it's super convenient except Um, we realized the reason that you have to pay everything at convenience stores is because their online banking is like crap it's so hard to use it's like not easy to use same thing hard and not easy (laughs) yeah the online banking sucks you can't you can't even um create an online banking account really i mean you can but you have to jump through so many goddamn and yet they have just send you stuff in the mail like a part like a code or something in the mail like a physical letter to like verify it you can't just like do it online yeah i was trying to make a an account the other day like an online one to check all my banking details mm. and just can't do it and w- one thing that's really weird about signing up for stuff in japan is they talk about half width and full width characters mm. something that i've never heard about in new zealand it must be like a way of writing in japanese that they've also done for english as well which we don't do so for example like they'll say like write your name in english Mm. And I'll write my name in English, and then I'll say, well, no, it needs to be in half-width characters. I don't know what that is. Like, you can't change it to half-width. So I looked it up online. Like, it's some sort of, like, programming thing. And there there are websites that change it for you. Mm. But when you put it through the website and it converts it, it literally changes it to the same thing. Like, it looks exactly the same. Mm. You copy and paste it, and then it works. Um, but then sometimes it doesn't work. So, yeah, yeah there, there, I signed up for, I think it was for, like, a phone plan or whatever. Mm. And that worked. But for our internet, that has not worked. So I don't know how to do that. So annoying. And like with banking, because you can't get a bank account online, you literally have like this book, like a booklet. And to check your like transactions, you have to go into like a bank or an ATM and you like put your booklet in and it like stamps the booklet with your transactions. Like you can't check it online. You have to get it done physically like once a month or something. Yeah, that's so old school and like futuristic at the same time. Like (laughs) uh, an ATM that like fills out your bank book for you. But then it's like, why the hell do you even need that in the first place? Just mm. let me easily connect to my bank online. Yeah, like, you can't just, like, check it when you make a transaction to make sure, like, it's going through. Yeah. So, like, when we get paid, we'll have to go once a month to make sure we've been paid the right amount kind of thing. 
Yeah, and the other thing tricky is like in New Zealand, you can just open up as many accounts as you want mm. in your bank. So like, you know, for example, I have like a spending account, a savings account, like another savings account, all yeah, that kind of same. stuff. Whereas here, I don't think you can do that. Or maybe you can, but it's really, really hard. <laughs> so instead, what we're probably going to do is Ellie's account is probably just going to be the saving account. And then my account is going to be the spending account. Well, why not one that you, that puts you in charge of all the money to spend? I think you're a bit stingy. Yeah, but we already have <laughs> my one as a spending account, so. Mm. <laughs> I'm more trustworthy with money. So. Oh, hey, excuse me, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so paying at a convenience store is is definitely convenient, but mm. it's also convenient for the wrong reasons. It's yeah, like, if like have you bring that in, they, have... they email you a receipt in the mail, and then you take that into the store, they scan it, and you're literally just like pay at the counter. Yeah, like, which yeah. sounds super easy, but then you realize in New Zealand everything's just automatically online. Yeah, so you don't even have to do that. Yeah, so th- th- but that was a new experience, and it was kind of fun, I guess, to have to go to the convenience store all the time to do that. Mm. Although what we found last time is that like you can't pay using a card, you can't pay using an FPOS card or a credit card. You mm-hmm. have to take out, you have to pay with cash to pay your bills, which I don't understand. Like why would you have to pay with cash? You know, because mm. they have a um, they have a credit card reader right there, so you can buy food at the convenience store with a credit card, but you can't pay your grocery store. But I mean, you can't pay your bills with a credit mm. card. Yeah, so that that's stupid. There's so many things like that in, in Japan. They like I just keep noticing more and more stuff like that. What where it's kinda like random like rules that don't really make much sense, like at least to us logically. Not near yeah, rules, but also just like so many things that are futuristic and then right next to them is something that's so ancient. Yeah. I think it's just because they take so long to adapt things. Mm. I reckon the things that are futuristic are are things that they didn't have solutions for to begin with mm. so they went straight for the futuristic stuff and then for the stuff that they already had solutions for they just can't get over those habits well so i mean it's one stayed. of those things but you could use it to reflect on like japanese culture in general it's how they've managed to like preserve their like traditions and culture so well mm. but like on the flip side you have stuff like this yeah yeah mm. true like a value for like old things which means that some things are like not exactly done the best way yeah that's right oh actually speaking of like old things and like traditions and stuff like that another thing that's really weird that we've encountered twice now in in japan which like like to us is just so foreign it's just so weird is mm-hmm. I, I was speaking to like one of my um students the other day mm-hmm. or like yesterday and i the one that lives in new zealand and you know i was super excited to meet him and stuff um and and he was great to talk to but at the beginning i was i, I asked him i was like oh so what do you think of auckland and he said Ah, uh, it's okay, but I don't like it that much. So I asked him, I was like, sorry to hear that, like, what do you not like about it? And his answer was that there are too many different races. Mm. Like, Which is the too... second time we've, we've heard this in Japan. Yeah, to be fair, the first time wasn't from a Japanese person, it was from an Iranian person. Yeah, one of the other teachers at our training. Yeah. Which, like, which blows me away because... He, does he not get the irony of the fact that he's saying there's too many races there... Meanwhile, he's a Japanese guy living in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, buddy, you're one of those races. Yeah. You're one of those people that you think there's too many of. Mm. You know, same with the Iranian prison. It's like... Yeah, she's an she Iranian see, who's, she, like, travelled around the world and is now living in Japan. Yeah, she was like, oh, yeah, the good thing about Japan I like is that there's, that there's not that many different races. Mm. And she doesn't like, you know, like, the UK, New Zealand and stuff because there's too many. And it's like, bro, you're Iranian living in Japan. Like, the only reason you can live in Japan is... 
is because we're like mixing yeah. people up and stuff like it's that. It's like, isn't it like how people like always say like often people will be like, e.g., like a refugee or an immigrant, and they'll be like benefiting from like immigration laws, and then all of a sudden they get in the country and they vote for stricter immigration laws. Like that's really common. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but you benefited. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, knocking the the ladder. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah knocking the ladder uh, under their feet. Yeah, it's it's such a weird concept to have. I think it's like. A part of it is, like, it's from how, like, in a lot of Eastern countries, they're, like, a lot more homogenous, like, especially they are, Japan. Yeah. yeah, true. It is. And it's weird because, like, both of us, both Somya and I, like, value, like, a super diverse culture. Like, yeah. I, like, I really, like, value having, like, other people's opinions. I mean, it doesn't always work because, like, you guys probably know I'm, like, a massive feminist and a lot of, like, a lot of other cultures, like kind of like directly clash with my beliefs but that doesn't mean I don't think that we should still interact yeah and like sort of like I'm a big fan of like I think all cultures should just become like a melting pot and we should all just sort of like absorb from each other which not everyone agrees with but like yeah and to be on. honest I get I kind of do get their point of view like if mm. if you have um like the same type of people living together there probably is going to be less conflict because everyone has the same opinion on stuff but I think that's how you need to um, grow. Like, yeah, it exactly. It doesn't lead to growth. It doesn't lead to change. Exactly. The like the negative aspects of it outweigh the positive aspects of it. Mm. And that's the thing. You know, it's it's the irony that just keeps coming back because they don't want it, and yet they're benefiting from it all mm. the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that that was like I I just can't wrap my head around that. Mm. I think we're both like both of us are too like when it comes to that we're like so Western in our views. Like, yeah, true. Like yeah. a Western society versus an Eastern society. I've lived like the only other places I've lived in is Australia, mm. and like all the media that we consume is from like America and the UK, mm. right? So like we only have that Western point of view of it. Um, but to be fair, I think that's the better point of view. You know, <laughs> you, I can see both sides, but I think one is clearly better. And I mean, I also think the other big thing is if everyone is the same, it's gonna lead to like people who are different are gonna be. Like, stand out so much more. Yeah, true. They're going to be ostracized a lot more. Yeah, like, e.g., me and Somia are like... Somia doesn't agree with this, but we're, like, a biracial couple. So, like, I would hate the idea that, like, our future children were, like, the only ones who were, like, different from everyone around them. Yeah. You know? Like, I would I would hate the idea that they would be ostracized because they had, like, mixed-race parents. Yeah, and that's probably something that they... Like, those people that we've met would probably think is something that's really weird. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we haven't met anyone else that's thought that, so maybe, who knows, maybe it I is a super like minority thought. We haven't even interacted with that many people, so, like, two out of, like, this limited pool of people we've interacted with is pretty high. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, mm. um, yeah, I'd actually be interested to find out what the statistics on that is. They've probably polled people in Japan about what they think mm. about that. I would say it would probably be, like, a common view in, like, a country like Japan where, like, it is a very homogenous, yeah. like, single-race society. Oh, actually, yeah, it probably would be a common view, because um, I've just remembered that documentary that I watched. Uh, it's a Vice documentary about... Mm. There's, like, a small population of North Koreans living in Tokyo. Mm. So, like, when when the Korean War was happening, some Koreans fled from Korea to Japan, and they ended up living here. Mm. And the part of Korea that they just happened to be from was the North, therefore they're North Korean. And they sort of, um, they sort of agree more with the North Korean policies and stuff. Mm. And apparently Japanese people hate them. (laughs) They do not want them to be in their community. Like, especially because, uh, like, there's even a North Korean school and they sort of teach their students uh, more North Korean values and stuff like Mm. that. 
and um, it get it's it's to the point where people from the community and these are other Japanese people who are helping them out um, have to like protect the kids on the way to school because they because like people like throw shit at them mm. uh, as they're like walking to school and stuff. Now, yeah, North Korea is fucked up, so <laughs> you know I guess fair enough. You don't want people to be learning um, to be agreeing with North Korean mm. policies, but at the same time, it's probably they're super afraid that there's this like other group that. Mm. is messing with their culture and i think the whole the way that it's all the same like the sameness of it all is probably one of the things that pushes these people from north korea to sort of like grasp onto the thing that makes them different so much stronger yeah exactly the more they push back the more they they, have to like they're like forced to sort of like hold on to it yeah like if they'd been sort of like i don't know i don't know if integrated is the right word but i'll use it if they'd like integrated a bit more they probably would have just like naturally I don't know, like, enrich the community and being enriched in return. Like, yeah, based exactly. off their different values. But and, that's what, that, and that's what you see happens in, like, Western countries. Like, mm. well, the first generation is generally not that integrated. Mm. Um, but then the second and third generations, like, everyone eventually has to be integrated. And mm. yes, that integration is going to change everyone as a whole, but... Change isn't necessarily bad. Yeah, you know? exactly. People are scared of change. Yeah, you don't want to believe the same crap that you believed like 60 years ago. I'm sure that like our children and grandchildren are going to see like or hear some of the stuff that we say and they're going to be like, Jesus Christ, Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you that our grandparents, 30% of what they believed was stupid. <laughs> like it was ridiculous, dumb crap. Okay, disaster has struck. The tea in, tea in Tokyo has spilled everywhere. Tea everywhere um now let's move on oh that's right so the other thing that we did this week mm. is we went to yokohama mm. and we met a new friend Ooh, <laughs> hopefully yeah. she doesn't listen to us so we used uh <laughs> we used bumble well ella used bumble so you can use bumble when you sign up for bumble so it's a dating app if nobody knew um you can sign up for it and you can select that you're looking for just friends and then it basically just gives you like i think it just gives you people of the same gender yeah. Um, so Although I, I did get two girls yesterday. Yeah, and I, I have a feeling that they might have put their gender as guys. I've had a couple of yeah. guys, and I think the same. Yeah. Um, they'd have like a description about themselves, and the way I did it was basically if someone had a description and not just photos, I was like, sweet, we can talk. Um, if they like didn't put any description about themselves, I'm like, how am I supposed to know if I want to be your friend? Yeah, Ellie's been talking to like quite a few people. Mm. Me, I haven't been speaking to anybody, mm. and the reason is because all guys are like douchebags and none of them had descriptions about themselves as well they just have like a douchey selfie yeah guys put no effort in their profile at all like you don't know anything about them Mm. or if you do know something about them it's that they go to the gym and that's it yeah everyone tries too hard to be cool or whatever so i was Mm. like ah screw it i can't be bothered i'll just let ellie make the friends yeah so Um, we've had yeah so um, we did two bumble meeting experiences the first one she was really cool to like message online this is when we very first got to japan so it was like yeah. a month ago i don't think i've spoken about it before and she was like, oh hey do you want to come to this club in harajuku and so we were like too awkward to be like no can we not go clubbing <laughs> so like i got somebody to come in case she was a murderer like i'm not someone that's against clubbing mm. um i don't mind going occasionally but I somewhat am <laughs> yeah ellie is only because i would prefer to be doing something else like, yeah, if I had to choose between clubbing and like just chilling out at a pub, yeah, I would choose to chill out at a pub. Mm. Like both involve drinking, and I only enjoy clubbing when I'm super drunk because I am a very bad dancer. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I like just going to like a pub as well, or just you know staying at home over. 
Yeah, clubbing. like having drinks at home. The only time I like going clubbing is if I'm with like people that I know. So this one, like the fact that we're like like a big group of people that I know. Mm. So the fact that we were meeting someone new there, I was like, oh god damn it. Which is like the worst place to meet someone because there's like loud music. How are you supposed to actually talk to them? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so we went out to this club. It was like you had to pay like the equivalent of like twenty dollars to get in, and that was the discounted price because we were on the list. Yeah, she said she'd put us on the list. Um, we walked in. Ellie wasn't even on the list. Yeah, I was they, on they the had list. Yeah, they had but not Ellie. <laughs> yeah. and, and the girl was like, oh, you know what? Like, the lady checking the names was like, oh, don't worry. I believe that you're on the list. So she gave us the discounted price. There was probably, like, at the end of the night. So when we first went there, there was probably only 10 people in that club. Yeah, at the end we of the like, night, oh, there was God. probably 70. But I would say 60 of them were on the list. Mm. Like, the list was it meant nothing. The yeah. list was the amount of people that that person managed to bring into the Somia club. Somia thinks that she was, like, a she person works there. who works there. <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced that she works there. Because like, we if, didn't really talk to her. If you've ever been to, like, a city... If you've ever been to, like, a big city... Like, I experienced this in, um, in the Gold Coast. Mm. There's so many girls that just walk around town handing out, like, these flyers for clubs. Because mm. they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to be at this club. You should come, blah, blah, blah. And, like, those are for, like, the most empty clubs and stuff. Do they get, I, like, commission on the entrance that you've had? Yeah. I have a feeling this person did the same thing, except with Bumble. Like, she used technology to her advantage. <laughs> yeah. Like, we went clubbing with her. It was fine. We snuck away early and messaged her, and she was like, oh, it was cool to meet you. And, I don't know, maybe I'll meet her again one day, but probably not. This other girl, though, we are kind of worried because of this experience with this first girl. Mm. But this girl was, like, keen to meet us in Yokohama, um, and we went to the Chinese... New yeah, Year's she, festival yeah she was great and we went to the Chinese fest, uh, New Year's festival now we didn't even know it was Chinese New Year yeah. she was just like I'll take you to Chinatown and then when we got there she was like wait a minute why the hell is it so busy like it's not usually this busy and of course we realised why and yeah Chinese New Year's was awesome there um, we had like she said like the three things you needed to try was palm reading uh, roasted chestnuts and like Chinese soup dumplings mm. I had the Chinese soup dumplings Ellie couldn't because they're not vegetarian mm. They were delicious. Those were amazing. Yeah, they looked wanna, good. Yeah, I want to go back there. Um, we got roasted chestnuts, which meh, I didn't really like. But I mean, <laughs> they were pretty overpriced, but I felt like it was something that, you know, like I wanted to do because it's like the thing you do when you're there. I also got this like a skewer with like strawberries that were like basically like coated in like syrupy sugariness, which was good. Yeah, that's right. That's good, yeah. And then the palm reading we didn't do because screw that. Like, well, she um, we, don't, we don't need that. The girl we met told us that she'd been there before with like her family when they came to visit and she like one of them got a palm reading and like when they said that they needed someone who speak English they were like oh yeah we have someone who speaks English and then they took them out back to like this real dingy room and like it was a really awkward like they didn't even read their palm they just like asked them about their lives and then they had to pay yeah. like ten dollars yeah so screw that we didn't do that but um, we did two we two yeah we walked things. around and we also went to like a shrine there as well like a temple oh yeah we went to the um, um that was temple. nice um, we went to, there's like, in Yokohama, there's like these famous, so Yokohama's famous for its Chinatown. Yeah. Um, because it was Chinese New Year, there was these cool, like, dances with, like, dragons going on, which was cool. And then we continued walking to, there's like, the red brick warehouses. Yeah, go to the red brick warehouses if you're ever there. We, we were told that that's the perfect place to get souvenirs. Because mm. apparently everything there is made in Japan, instead mm. of something that's made in China. So they're like these warehouses that are like quite old and back in the day they were famous because they were like very western compared to everything else in the yeah. area um and now they're just like they've got shops inside of them yeah so if you walk around the bay you can't miss it um and mm. we also went to the ferry terminal because on top of the ferry terminal they've turned it into like a park so mm. the roof has like grass on it and it's like a nice place you can walk you can see the bay yeah so you get a really good view of like the city skyline in yeah Oklahoma. 
the lights around the bay look really nice. Like, we definitely need to go back <laughs> Although, we were planning on going to the Cup Noodle Museum. So, we've tried twice now to go to the Cup Noodle Museum. Um, this time, we, like, checked when it closed, and it closed at, like, 6 or something. So, we got there at, like, 4, thinking, like, oh, yeah, two hours will be enough time. And, and our new friend, like, she dropped us off there. She was <laughs> she'd like, already I, I, been. Yeah, she was like, I've been here, like, 20 times, so I'm just going to drop you off. Have fun, guys. And then she left. Which, and like, we knew, like, we'd, when we'd made plans with her, yeah. she was like, oh, I'll show you how to get to the Cup Noodle Museum, which was cool. Like, she was super nice. Um, and we're hanging out with her again in a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, so we got to the Cup Noodle Museum thinking that it was, like, open till six, but they stopped selling tickets earlier in the day. So we ended up just wandering around Yokohama until nighttime. And like Swami said, it was, like, very aesthetic and, like, fairy lights everywhere. Mm beautiful like there was like a cool like roller coaster mini theme park which we're yeah, gonna go there's to a mini theme park which you definitely need to go to mm. um yeah well that, that was basically going to yokohama that was our week five making we, a friend yeah we made a friend um but yeah we've been talking for way too long so that's it <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to week five of our podcast uh remember you can listen to this podcast on spotify apple google and wherever else you find podcasts yeah, and um, if you'd like to follow us on social media, our Twitter handle is T, spelled T-E-A in Tokyo. And on Instagram, we're same, T underscore in underscore Tokyo. Yep, that's it. All right, see you next week. Bye. Bye.